Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. My name is Kyle Loomis, editor-in-chief of the E2C Network. It is time to discuss Auburn men's basketball once again, and this time... We are thankfully done with a losing streak. Auburn defeats the Missouri Tigers by the score of 92 to 58 at home. Let me say that again, 92 to 58. The Auburn record now goes to 14 and 6 on the year, 3 and 4 in the SEC. We're going to break down all the action, news, and events from this game. To do all that, I brought in my friend, co-host, owner and operator of the Auburn Uniform Database, Mr. Clint Richardson. We can be happy again, Clint. What a beatdown! <laughs> like, was like go beat back down. and you know go enjoy that negative twenty five degrees in Missouri. Have fun with that. I ain't dealing with that anymore. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what was only colder than Missouri. Actual Missouri was their shooting from times on the field tonight. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, come on, it was just sitting right there like a softball. I had to hit it. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. So about this game here, I think this is one that was long overdue for the Tigers. We've already mentioned it. Three-game losing streak in SEC play started back with Kentucky and then ended before this game with the Mississippi State loss. And this all correlated at the same time with Austin Wiley being out. And that's honestly the biggest storyline that not just Auburn media but national media has been pushing is, is Auburn any good without Austin Wiley? And I don't know that you can answer that question from this game alone because there are things some things that you and I need to hash out about this Missouri team before we answer that. But what are your feelings right now? Is this Auburn team capable of producing these type of games without Austin Wiley? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, we saw it a lot last year where Auburn didn't have Austin Wiley. And even when guys like Mustafa Heron went out, I mean, just look at last year's Alabama game, very shorthanded and they demolish Alabama. And it's Auburn is always capable of doing something really special. And they're, it seems like this year it's always capable of doing something not as special. And, you know, if you, if you follow Ken Palm and those kind of rankings. Um, I, I saw somebody else tweet it recently and um, something along the lines of like last year, Auburn's luck stat was top 30 and this year it's beyond 300. And so Auburn just hasn't been able to get a couple of breaks here and there. But I think that whatever group of guys Auburn and Coach Pearl put on the court, it's always capable of, of doing something really special and being a tough squad to beat. I think fans often forget that this is the type of squad that 
had such great success last year. Yes, we're missing Mustafa Heron. Yes, we're missing Deshaun Murray, our leading rebounder last year, at least one of them. So you can make those kind of arguments that maybe they were the difference in why this team hasn't had as much sustained success without Austin Wiley. But I would just counter exactly with what you said here. These group of players are so talented, they can beat anyone on any given night. They've proven that throughout the year. So again, we we try to be the voice of reason, if we can, if that is possible, within Auburn social media and say, hey, everybody take a step back. And, you know, we're not prone to overreact, are we, Clint? No. (laughs) (laughs) I could feel the uh, angst coming back from Auburn football uh, season uh, throughout this this losing streak here. But everybody was all smiles tonight and happy, especially after that uh, first half got over with and we kind of worked a few kinks out. And then, boy, Missouri just didn't know what hit them once the second half started. I, I mean, they looked lost the rest of the game. I mean, did they ever? I think it was they had, what, four points in the first eight minutes of the half, and they they only scored 27 points the entire half. So, you know, we talked about it in the preview that, they're averaging 65 points a game and they want it to stay in that kind of range and they didn't even hit that number. So who knows if they would have won even if Auburn had, had played to their tempo and style. But man, that's, that's a really talented Missouri team. I think individually they had a lot of talent, but they just didn't play as a team very well. Conza Martin has a really tough job with that squad and at that school, I think. Yeah. And if you remember, Coach Martin took them to the tournament last year, too. So this is not a team that uh, hasn't had taste of success and been able to get there, to at least to that uh, that level. And here's the other thing, too. Some of these names, we're accustomed to them just wrecking havoc with us over the past couple of years. Perrier, do you remember how well he's played against us a couple of times? And then even I'll say that, Jordan Geist. I mean, he just is able to, just like Bryce Brown, knock him down from the three-point line with the best of them and thankfully that was not the case tonight he did get 11 points however you know he was just not shooting as well as we were normally accustomed to and the big story tonight with Auburn also out without Austin Wiley arguably their best player Mark Smith was out of the game uh, not able to play for the second game in a row so it was kind of interesting storylines arguably the two best players for both teams were out of the game so I think that kind of equalizes thing in that sense it's hard to make a judgment is a team better than the other if one's missing one player or the other. But when you both have lost your best player, you can kind of take a step back and say, okay, maybe this is the difference between the two teams that are playing tonight. And I I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I get the feeling that Auburn is just as talented as Missouri is. Auburn is still vastly better than them. Oh, absolutely. And and I, I think that Auburn really did play down to Missouri in the first half. And I think that Auburn really should have run away you know, taking you know more than a three-point lead at the halftime, it it felt like this was going to be another one of those kind of games, a repeat of the last three, where Auburn was really just going to struggle and keep that team in the game and probably not be able to put them away. But thankfully, coming out in the second half, Auburn just said bye and just <laughs> and just beat them down. And you know, it really did look like they started to break. Mizzou's spirit just I mean it's got to be tough fighting all day long and all game long for it to just end up like that but I do think that Geist is is a really really talented player for Missouri and that probably that's where they should start building that team and he, he really impressed me as this game was 
starting to get out of hand. He was still hustling the entire game, even running into you know, probably the student section stands underneath the goal uh, to save the basketball when, I mean, the game's already well out of hand. So kudos to Geist and you know, just keep playing like that. And that's that's how you turn this kind of season around. And even though we're having this conversation about how much better Auburn at least appears to be than Missouri, you go back to the conversation about Geist and him being such a great player there. And that kind of effort from that type of player is what's going to make them a very dangerous team in the future. If you even think about it, they nearly beat the undefeated LSU team in conference play a game before this. So they are very capable of knocking teams off in the SEC on any given night. Uh, so I think a lot of Auburn fans should take that as a good sign that without Austin Wiley, with the whole slump going on, we're still able to put this team away, granted, at home. We can kind of slice it in any way we want it. This is just something that was really needed for this Auburn squad going forward, albeit with some struggles in the first half. And I think a lot of those centralize around some players not necessarily realizing their potential. And I, I got to take a step back here and just admit it here live on the air that you were right, Clint. Chuck agrees with you. Charles Barkley not calls out Chumo Kiki, but he basically says, Chuma, on the air on live TV, you need to start stepping up, bud. So. There you go, Clint. You were right. Man, I'm glad we're recording that so I can use that as a ringtone when you call me or something. But <laughs> I knew you would do something like that. Do, do you think Do you think Barkley listens to the show? I chuck. Uh, if he does, I'm honored. Uh, but if he does, I also feel worried for that he has nothing to, else to fill his time. Why are you listening to us, Chuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was I, – I really did a double take when I started listening to him say that. I was like – this is everything that I've been saying the last couple of weeks of Chuma is going to be the lifeline of this team, I think. And as Chuma goes, so will Auburn. And pretty sure I said that exact line last episode. So thanks for listening, Chuck. Thanks for proving me right. And Chuma, don't make us liars. Well, and he's been on kind of an improvement streak the last couple, even in the losing streak, he's been improving he, Harper, and Brown are the only players that get into double-digit points tonight. Harper with 16, Brown with 14, and Okiki with 14. Looking further into his game here, he's 5 for 8 from the field, 2 for 4 from three-point land, 2 for 3 from the free-throw line, 12 rebounds, a double-double for Chimo Okiki tonight. Honestly, it was a very quiet game for me, for him, just because there were so many players taking center stage tonight. But... That is awesome. This is the best game that I can think of him in quite some time having him when you think about a double-double. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you even go on a little bit more. He had four, what was that, four assists and two blocks and a plus-minus of plus 20. I think Chuma has finally started to to kind of get a little bit of confidence in himself and, you know, He's no longer a freshman. He no longer really has to play in the shadow of the other guys and the older guys. He's he's now on that level with them, both in age, experience, and talent. And I, I think that he's still missing that factor of, I'm going to dominate this game. I think we see it in spurts when he throws down a big dunk or something, you know, a big clutch three-pointer. But I, I still want to see Chuma... St probably start playing a little bit more selfishly. I love the four assist, but I, you know I, I want to see you, Chuma take over 
and you know not a whole lot of one look into the paint and then throw it back out you know this this is going to be your team chuma take it over yeah it can definitely be his team if he just sees the moment and i think he's starting to kind of see the light there that especially with austin wiley out and who knows if austin wiley is going to be you know, healthy, completely healthy the rest of the season. They're going to need someone to step up, and it's your team to seize it and take forward. So we'll see if he continues to improve on that. Let's look a little bit deeper into some of these stats here as well. And the thing that I think about in this game, which Auburn has struggled during the losing streak, is the defensive stats. While we've maintained in terms of blocks and steals like that for the most part, we're allowing so many points than we normally are. In this game, it's completely different. We only allow 58 points, which is just basically unheard of for Auburn lately. We get five blocks, five steals. Um, We also get 20 turnovers caused on Missouri, and that results in 28 points off of turnovers for Auburn. I thought, honestly, the difference for this game tonight was the defensive performance by Auburn. Yeah, Auburn played fantastic defense, and I think that there's probably – debate on if that's really good defense or just really bad offense by Missouri but you know we've really seen Auburn struggle the last couple of games especially with Austin Miley out to guard the paint and while Missouri did do that they attacked it well at times you know they had 28 points in the paint to Auburn's 26 but I think Auburn shut it down a lot better at times and that transition defense that we've seen Auburn do so well this year, you know, kind of played a part in that too. Auburn only scored 11 points in fast breaks, but, you know, when you see 20 turnovers forced plus 20 assists, I think you can draw a little bit of correlation between those two numbers. And I'm going to challenge you a little bit further on there. I, I think this is definitely the difference being Auburn playing great defense and not necessarily Missouri having uh, the most stellar offense, because if you notice, there's a lot of great rotation by the guys tonight, especially out there on the arc to get in some players' faces. There were a lot of opportunities down there for them to give up some more really bad fouls underneath the basket instead of going up into the guys. They just go straight up, getting blocks. Uh, there were five-second violations. This looked like the Auburn defensive team that we saw at the beginning of the season, and I think that's why this felt like a much different basketball team than we've seen in the last five games. So I really do think this was mainly in favor of Auburn having the better defensive performance overall, so to speak. And it could have been just a little bit, you know, uh, Missouri being a little bit intimidated by that raucous arena and everybody seemed to enjoy themselves tonight. The other thing that impresses me about the Tigers tonight, Clint, is how well the points are spread across all of the players tonight. Basically, if you played significant minutes, you scored. Yeah, Auburn did such a fantastic job spreading the love. And again, 20 assists went very far in this game. And like you said earlier, three guys hit double digits, but they were still 16, 14, 14. And then you've got 8, 7, 8, 6, 6, 6, 3, 3, and 1. So it's always good when you get to put in the walk-ons and then they get points while in the game. But I think that there's... A lot to take away from this that Anthony had eight points, even though we shot two for seven from three point land. Let's let's chill out on that one a little bit. Horace Spencer even got himself a three pointer. Again, let's holy mackerel, Clint. I lo- I, my jaw hit the floor when that happened. Can, can we chill out on those a 
a little bit, please. The guys don't need to be shooting a whole lot of those. <laughs> but D'Angelo Purifoy had such a good game and some really good minutes, um, finishing with eight points on 11 minutes. Um, you know, I'm just – everybody got a chance to perform and to contribute to this win, and that's always a good thing. Well, you brought some great points that our discussion group tonight, and if you guys have not had a chance to, come over to Facebook to the Auburn Tigers discussion group run by the E2C Network. It acts as a forum where you can join conversations like our game threads for this one. Uh, so come over there and check it out. Tyson brought this up, as you've already mentioned. He says, Auburn drops 58 in the second half, makes it feel a lot better, and have a nice game for Dangel Purifoy tonight. So he's impressed the, that Dangel got not just significant time, but we're actually seeing some statistics from him that we haven't seen in quite some time. So he gets six, uh, what is it? Uh, eight points. He gets two three pointers out of this. He gets a rebound. Um, I think this is a very easy statement to make, Clint, but this is probably the best game for Purifoy in quite some time. Absolutely. <clears throat> you just saw some significant moments when he was out there. The, the steal at the top of the key to not get called for a foul that, let's be honest, probably would have been called in a couple of other games. And to finish with a very emphatic dunk, to get a really good three-pointer late in the game, um, just <clears throat> I think this is really what D'Angelo needed, whether it's a confidence boost for himself or the team. Th- this might be what propels D'Angelo going forward. And if that's the case, we can always look back at this game and those couple of plays as being a really big turning point for Dangel. And keeping in the same vein of players that don't get to play a lot, we already mentioned that the walk-ons get in, and that's not a sight we've seen for quite some time. Chris Lusco from the Facebook group also mentioned this, but he didn't necessarily have a comment. He just had something that made me chuckle. He said, Cole Blackstock, the walk-on is who he's talking about, and then just post a picture of someone getting just form-tackled on the group and it's quite funny because you want to see these guys get more in minutes because they work so hard at that and you want them to have so much success at it but then you have these comical moments where he's trying to do maybe something he's not normally meant to do go out there and get in someone's face on shooting the ball out there and then he ends up just form tackling the guy it was pretty comical <laughs> it was great and poor Cole that was right as he got in on the game too and and you know, it wasn't dirty by any means, and it was all in good fun. And he tried his best to hold up the Missouri player and and not end up on the hardwood. But everybody seemed to get a good chuckle out of it. And they they even showed the Auburn bench at one time, and they were just just erupting in laughter at the moment. And we all know that he's probably going to get teased about it in the locker room following the game. Well, he's either going to get teased or Travis Williams from the football team is going to be in there recruiting him for the linebacker core. I mean, we're, we lost to Sean Davis and everybody else on that line, so we need to start with Stockton, and then Cole's making a great case for himself, albeit on the hardwood. Uh, last comment from our group tonight comes from Peter uh, Green, and uh, he thinks he has an interesting theory. He says, do you think we would play better if Bruce would just sweat just a little more? <laughs> sweaty bruce is always bruce do you think i don't know that there is any correlation there um but in my opinion he sweated more in these losses trying to figure out how to get this team to 
play good defensively, but also not go into a shooting slump. So I don't think there's any correlation there, or at least it's not the correlation that we necessarily want. Well, hey, I'm not adding that to the the Auburn uniform database. I'm sorry. I'll do Gus Gus Malzahn sweater vest, visors, and just about anything else, but not not a basketball coach's sweat. That's not happening. I think we all appreciate you not venturing into that realm of Auburn uniforms, if you can count that as an Auburn uniform, and I'm pretty sure that Coach Pearl uh, adjusts that or appreciates that as well. I I will never endorse the Auburn sweat database. (laughs) That just sounds disgusting. Uh, That's all our questions and comments from the Facebook group. Make sure you come over there and uh, join a game thread for the next Auburn men's basketball game. Uh, Wrapping up this game, Clint, I think this was – the icing on the cake uh, for um, a fan base, for a team that really just needed an easy win. And we're going to have a big game coming up here in just a second. We're going to talk about that we really need the win as well. But for a team that's been in three straight losses in SEC play, albeit to decent teams, it, it's just it was nice to finally sit back, relax, and let the guys just have some fun. Yeah, and I, I think that it was – well needed for the team and the fans. You know, they the commentators kept saying erroneously saying that it was a sellout and a full crowd and and it was anything but that. <laughs> Students didn't fill up the the baselines and <clears throat> the general crowd wasn't nearly as full as it has been most of this season and last year. And you know, sometimes when you go through a losing streak like this, it does wane a couple of you know, the the lesser fans, for lack of a better term, and people aren't going to make excuses to stay out late on a school night when it's, you know, when you're performing like this. But I think come Saturday with the Auburn-Alabama game, and no, it's not the Iron Bowl of basketball, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think, I think people would have showed up for that regardless. But I think now that you are back in the win column, that – it's even more so. You're not. You're still not going to have as many of those excuses of the team's not going to show up. They're not going to play well. I'm not going to waste my money on that team. That's long gone. I think in this Bruce Pearl era, and especially after a win. Well, that was a great segue for me into talking about the next game, except when you took my thunder away from me. Um, you know, but I'm going to say it anyway because I know you and many others hate to talk about it. It is that time of year again. The Iron Bowl of basketball returns to oh. Auburn Arena. Whether you like it or not, that's what most people call it, and it's not going to go away anytime soon. Auburn and Alabama uh, take on each other this Saturday, the 30th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time uh, on ESPN2. The Tide comes in at 13-7 and seven on the year, 4-3. and three. This is a big game. Uh, no matter which way you slice it, it wouldn't matter if Auburn was the worst basketball team in the world, which was not far from the truth a few years ago, and Alabama was the best or vice versa. This game, any sport, it just means more. And this is a time in Auburn's um, schedule right now where they're coming off of this losing streak and needing to build some momentum. I think this comes at a perfect time on your home court for the Auburn fan base to be reignited. and. I, I think I'll actually be there. Oh, really? Yes, I am uh, planning on being there at this point if my uh, ticket doesn't fall through. So we'll have to kind of do some... We I always say we're going to do a meetup, but we should just at least say, hey, 
come find me, and the first person that finds me will get a shout-out on the podcast. That's that Officially right here, if you find me in the arena on Saturday, you personally will get a shout-out on the, episode, the next episode. So there you go. Um, oh Clint, I wish you were going to be there with me, man. Yeah, it's it's tough to get back to Auburn at this point, and these games are always, always so much fun. We've had Cam Newton in the student section with us for the Auburn-Alabama game. We've had Snowpocalypse delay this game, and you know we've had a lot of issues with Alabama SGA presidents for for certain trophy uh, presentations, but. And I don't think we have to worry about that this year. So, do you think he'll make it to theirs when we go to Tuscaloosa in a few weeks? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, convenient, <laughs> huh? They'll, they'll make it to that one, but they can't make it uh, to Auburn Arena anyway. <laughs> All yeah. right, so this game. Let's get into the X's and O's of this game. It's no different from what we've seen the last couple of games. Auburn without Austin Wiley. I know that's like the tagline we have to put in there all the time. <laughs> is undersized, and this is no exception. At basically every position, very similar to the Kentucky game, Auburn will be outsized by Alabama, and that can definitely work to the advantage of Alabama, but Auburn has proven time and time again that that doesn't necessarily mean that's a weakness for them. The question is, I think more, will Alabama be able to exploit that weakness for Auburn, and I, what do you think about that? I mean, there's there's always that chance, and, and I admit that I – don't keep up with Alabama sports whatsoever for many, many reasons. But, you know, I think that they're always going to be a talented team, especially with Avery Johnson now. And they got one of the best basketball players in the state in Kyra Lewis from my alma mater, Hazel Green High School. John Petty is also another Madison County player. And he's, they're always good to go off for a couple of points. Um, you know, we talk about, guys that stay around at teams way too long and i am shocked to still know that riley norris is still at alabama as a super senior probably um but looking at the stats it's interesting to see that avery johnson jr has not been getting a whole lot of minutes it looks like he's played in every game this year but is only averaging just over 10 minutes a game and Back to Riley Norris, he's only played in 12 games, so I, I wonder if he got injured for a little bit or, or what was going on there. But, you know, just don't let Saturday be the first time you hear of Kyra Lewis. He will score points for Alabama. Well, here's the other thing, too. You talk about players that seemingly never leave, which has been the case throughout SEC basketball history for us, at least on this podcast. Donta Hall is going to be there oh, still as well. And I, that, just, I just saw the name. I know. It's like dreading seeing that one down there. Now, he's one of these guys that is just – he looks sickly at times because he's so tall and lanky. He's got a little <laughs> muscle to him, but it's not like that just – I'm trying to think of a player off the top of my head to compare. He's not Austin Wiley, you know, that, but he is just very athletic with all that lankiness. So I think that's the matchup you're going to have to watch down there. Anthony McLemore, Horace Spencer, and even maybe a little bit of Chuma Okiki taking on Donta Hall down there. And can they keep him from having a game like they gave up to South Carolina and Chris Silva there? So that's a matchup to watch. And we always like to look at the team's schedule to see if we can find commonality and maybe a little bit of how they're kind of going right now. So if you, here's the interesting thing, Clint. If you start a non-conference play, it's basically the complete opposite of Auburn. Terrible non-conference play for them. They get into SEC, and they look very decent, And whereas Auburn has looked terrible. 
So I don't know what to make of this matchup based off of that, but I think you can be, you know, underwhelmed by some of their losses uh, in non-conference play, but very impressed by some of their wins in SEC play. Which is more the bigger thing for you, their losses in non-conference or their wins in SEC? Well, of course, I want to harp on the, the really bad losses well, to, to Northeastern and Georgia State and Central Florida, but they they have played a really, really good conference season, and they even started it off with a win over Kentucky, and not many people have been able to do that, and I don't know the last time Alabama's been able to do that, but, you know, <clears throat> Alabama's got a couple of wins over teams that Auburn hasn't been able to beat, like... Ole Miss and Mississippi State, and but they've also lost to LSU, Texas A&M on a beautiful last-second shot, <laughs> and Tennessee, one of the best teams in the country. So it's it's an interesting um, schedule for this Alabama team, and I, I think I told you right before we hit record, I don't know what to think of this team. I don't think that they're really all that great. Um, I think that they might probably, if they can finish off the the conference schedule a little bit better, probably sneak into the NCAA tournament. But just the way that they're kind of going right now, I think that they're just NIT ready. And but who knows? It's it's Alabama. It's Avery Johnson. They can be fantastic one game and trash the next. And who who really knows? They've they've all of their losses so far or at least in conference play, minus that LSU game, have been pretty close. Um, you know, they got – Baylor kind of handed it to them. It was still a five-point game, but I don't think Bama even had a shot in that one. But playing Tennessee tight, playing A&M too tight probably, and, you know, another nine-point loss to LSU. So they it seems like they've been in every game. You know, you've got – uh, Petty's been able to go off for 30 in that loss against Tennessee, and Kyra Lewis has been going for 20-24, so they're going to be pretty tough to beat shooting-wise, and, and Auburn has not really guarded the perimeter very well this season. Well, I'll say this much. I think a lot of the teams that we've talked about in our previews of games, we've been able to at least make some inference about how it's going to go based off of how they perform the schedule. I think you and I both agree here. It's really difficult and maybe impossible to predict how this is going to go for Auburn and Alabama based off of Alabama's schedule performance because there's just no way to predict what team is going to show up. I think you give Auburn the edge, being at home, they're going to be excited because it is the Iron Bowl of basketball no matter how much you hate it, Clint, and everybody else who's in that bandwagon hates it. The Iron Bowl I know you don't like it either, so hush. <laughs> Iron Bowl of basketball returns to Auburn Arena this Saturday. I hope to see you all there so we can bring the Auburn Tigers to a win over our arch rival. Before we get out of here, Clint, let's give everybody our contact information. You can find me on Twitter at TigerI24. Where can they find you? You can follow me on Twitter at ClintA24, and you can check out my website, the Auburn Uniform Database, at auburnuniforms.com as a new very long, very big, multi-week series has just begun. Really excited about it. Make sure you go over to the Facebook group, Auburn Tigers Discussion by the E2C Network, to be part of the discussion for our next game thread over there. That's all we have for you on this edition of Inside the Jungle. But until we talk to you again, War Eagle. War Eagle.
Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?